You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is going to be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I'll bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this, that, this, that, this, that. Dirk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, writer at Mavs.com and digger of the second round. What you got, Isaac Harris? I was like, if you say something about LeBron, I'm done. <laughs> um, going pretty good, so my my dog has been sick, and I've been pretty upset about it. My wife kids me all the time because of how close I am to my dog. <laughs> and she just kind of views like pets as like, okay, she's never had a pet before. So it's, hey, our dog is awesome and it's cute, but it's just a dog. And I'm like, whoa, our dog's like a family member. And so our, our, our kid is, our actual kid is <laughs> due in like seven or eight weeks now. Yeah. And... But this, like, whole dog thing, like, our dog's been sick, and I've been, like, all upset about it, and she was sick the other night, and it was, like, really bad, and so I took her to the vet and everything. $213 for a vet visit. What on earth? Yeesh. So, needless to say, my wife was pretty upset, but I'm like, you know what? We just got to make it happen. You know, she's part of the family, and, but she's doing better. I've... I I can't handle Nick what what type of dude are you in movies where pets like die? Uh I don't think it really affects me, but oh, I, I haven't I haven't watched a movie like that since I got a dog, so I am legend. I can't do it, man. I can't do it. I tear up every single time. Now, Fox and the Hound growing up when the lady leaves the fox oh, in the woods, for sure. That one that one's a tearjerker. That one that one gets yeah, me. I mean, it's cartoon, but whatever. No, but there's there is real raw emotion in that, Isaac. There's raw emotions, but that I am I am legend scene. It oh man, that that wrecks me. So any movie if a pet has to die or an oh no nope, like, give me an action movie or something before that. We've so anyway. we've been watching Atlanta, and there's a scene where one of uh, Paperboy's I can't remember his name, but Paperboy's friend goes to a uh, a shooting range, and he has this target that's uh, a dog. And everybody, and this guy comes over and starts freaking out about it while the guy is shooting a, uh, a like a target that's a human. <laughs> like people just get irrational about dogs. Now there's a whole other layer to that whole scene, but you know. I'm gonna say I I, I get irrational about dogs. I love them. <laughs> so anyway, all right. Full disclosure: this is the fifth podcast Isaac and I have recorded today, trying to get ready for when Isaac leaves <laughs> for his mission trip for a week. So uh, this one can be off the rails a little bit. We've already talked about animals and killing them, so (laughs) (laughs) we've gone off the rails. But we're going to be talking about our second-round bigs and then also guys that we have that could potentially drop. So like guys that could be in the late first and potentially make it to the second round. 
Um, so just kind of throw it's a big second round maj podge of random random players. So we got wings and bigs essentially. We've kind of done our guards, we've done our smaller wings already. Now these are just guys that uh, could be all over the place, but bigs and wings essentially. Yeah, so some guys maybe um, even in and we're saying like maybe some guys in the late first that could drop, but even maybe some targets to where if Dallas did obtain another first round pick, yeah, in the twenties somewhere that. Maybe they could go after them uh, or whatever it is. And then, yeah, we're going to talk about some uh, – briefly talk about some second-round bigs because if Dallas uh, does you know, get their hands on Luka, I would want them to get a, a big in the second round. And, or if they move down a spot or two and they got, and they grab Mikel Bridges, I'd want a big. And even however you feel about Michael Porter Jr., maybe if they get Porter Jr., you might still want a big also. So we're going to cover just a couple of names that – in that scenario, if they don't get a bomb by Jackson, Bagley, any of those dudes, that here are some names to watch out for in the second round. Yeah, so Isaac, let's start with our let's start with our second round droppers. Some of these guys that we're interested in that a lot of people have mocks pretty high, um, even like in the uh, late teens. But you know, if the, like you said, if the Mavericks could get back into the first round, or they could potentially drop. Uh, Melvin Frazier is the first guy. He's the six six. Uh, guard from Tulane with a 7-1 wingspan. He's going to be 22. Uh, or he's 21 years old now. He's going to be 22 by the time the season starts. Uh, this is a guy you love. I absolutely love him. I do not think he'll be there at all for the Mavericks at 33. No. I think he really uh, – him and Kevin Herter are two dudes that could shock some people with how high they go. I think they could be on the board anywhere um, – around like I would say starting as high as like 17 to Milwaukee on down maybe you know Phoenix or something like that but yeah any of those guys but Frazier he his and the crazy thing about him is he's this like three and D wing that everybody's like raving about because he's six six with a seven one wingspan but he shot the three pretty well he shot 38 percent but a lot of people We'll talk about like he has like this untapped or somebody used untapped. It could have been ESPN or looking at some of their like profiles on him, whatever. But they use the word untapped, like offensive potential. And uh, did watch some tape on him and stuff at Tulane, and he just he's got this just size that just sticks out uh, out of the screen some, and super athletic, springy. Uh, versatile defender. He is every bit of what I would love to get in um, at 33 for sure. But if somehow Dallas moved up, let's say they did that. Hey, hey Philly, hey Boston, you know, hey anybody in those 20, we'll give you 33 and 54. If you know, we'll, to move up to 26 or something, and they got Melvin Frazier somehow, I would be ecstatic. And to walk away with this in this, this draft with like. A Jaron Jackson, Mo Bamba, whoever it is, and a Melvin Frazier would be massive. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. And that's one of the reasons why we talk about guys like this is because they could get back in. I mean, they have that 33rd pick. They have that other second-round pick that they could package together. The front office of the Mavericks have been pretty open and vocal, saying that they want to do that. Now, they wish that Portland hadn't been so good towards the end of the year and that that, you know, that pick in the 50s could have been potentially in the 40s. But uh, here we are. Here we are at this point. So Melvin Frazier, really interesting guy. Defensive uh, versatility is huge. He can defend a couple different positions for sure. And untapped, I see it all over the ringers post right now. Okay, it was Uh, the ringer. Okay. Untapped scoring potential if he refines his skills and fundamentals, especially his footwork. 
So interesting when you think about it, guys that have untapped potential, because I feel like every player has untapped potential. But if you specifically mention it, then like there's something there's there's tools there that they see from a guy that, you know, he could potentially like unlock, you know? Yeah. If you just get better, like like they say that his footwork, if he gets better at footwork, it's going to lock unlock this whole other part of his game, which is what makes guys like this intriguing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and he's just one of those dudes that will fit with any team. There, every team could use a guy like Melvin Frazier. For sure. Uh, another guy that we think is going to go in the first round that could potentially drop uh, is Chandler Hutchinson. <laughs> this is a guy you love, the wing from Boise State, 6'7", with a 7'1 wingspan. He's going to be 22 years old on draft night. He was a four-year senior. Uh, he averaged 20 points, seven, almost eight boards, three and a half assists, one and a half steals in 31 minutes. Uh, he had a 33% usage rate in college, which is just massive. Like that's Westbrook yeah. type numbers, um, but shot the ball pretty well. 36% from three, uh, 73% from the free throw line. Just a, a real interesting wing, but we don't think he's going to be there. But if the Mavericks get back in the first round, this could happen. Yeah. I mean, he pulled out of everything from the combine. So I've heard a lot of different things of he has that first round promise, Somewhere, I I think he'll go anywhere from that 17 to 22 range, uh, somewhere through there, maybe a little bit lower. Um, you just don't get too many guys like that. I mean, he averaged 20 points a game. He was the main focal point for Boise State, 6'7", you know, score. He had the ball in his hands all the time. He, he's a good playmaker. He's great in transition. Um, he kind of did a bunch of other things, too. I mean, he had almost eight rebounds a game. Uh, I know it's six seven, but still, like when you have that offensive role too, like you know he's a little older. He's upperclassman. He's twenty two, um, senior. Everything with that. So if you care about age and all the different stuff, but I, if you're telling me a guy Isaac pick out a guy in the bottom of the first that could, um, I don't know, that could. I don't want to put too lofty expectations on it, but like could be a, a, a really good – that could be a starter in the league. Yeah. Um, I would I – would, I think he could. I, I love him. I wish Dallas could get him for sure. Yeah, the idea – the main idea with him is that he just had such a load in college that going in the NBA is going to help him to sort of focus on the certain attributes that's going to make him like a 3 and D sort of player. Yeah. Uh, and that he's going to be better shooter because he's not having to focus so much on trying to create everything. You know, those shots where he has to just, you know, like – late in the shot clock has to just make something happen. He's not really going to have that much in the NBA. Yeah, but I think he'll still translate really well. Oh, for sure. No, that's, that's the whole idea is that he's going to be able to focus on some of these other things instead of just having to create. So like some of his, you might say inefficiencies are going to be less, lesser in the NBA, you know, like there's less of a push for sure. Another guy in the first round, that we don't think is going to be there, but it's definitely interesting is Jacob Evans, the uh, small forward from Cincinnati. He's a uh, 6'5", 200-pound uh, with a 6'9 wingspan. He's uh, The ringer compares him to Wes Matthews, which I think is a very good, a pretty good comparison for him. Uh, 3 and D sort of shooter. Um, yeah, he's just an interesting kind of guy. It'd be weird if the Mavericks drafted him, though. Just, like, <laughs> just Wes Matthews, like mini-me, walking around. Yeah, I don't think he's there. Um, he doesn't have the length of the like wingspan. You know, he has only has a six nine wingspan uh, compared to like Frazier, Koji, some of these other guys that have seven plus uh, wingspan with that. But that's yeah, a big I difference. Mean, it's like four or five inches. Are you being sarcastic? 
no i'm saying that's a huge difference uh, like yeah i agree i agree and um but yeah I, only he's you know he's he's six five so he's not a six seven six eight either so i think he projects more as a two guard uh, yeah. than a small forward but that's like where west 30, is yeah shot 37 percent from three so I think uh, I do. I do like him. I don't think he'll be there at thirty-three. So he's not like this super. Um, I don't want to say um, he's not like this like super springy. Throw the ball up and go catch this massive lob type of guy. Kind of like Wes Matthews, <laughs> um, but he's a he's a great you know a, a good wing defender coming out of college for sure. What do you think Wes Matthews' wingspan is? I don't know. Six nine. Interesting. You can be so, a good defender without a big wingspan, Isaac. Yeah, yeah, you can. You can <laughs> for sure. You got to focus a lot on the techniques, and a lot of it has to do with your energy and everything with that. So, I mean, there's not a better player for him to learn from than Wesley Matthews. So that'd be fun. That'd be an sure. interesting. That'd be an interesting draft for sure. So there, those are three guys that we think are going to be in the first round. The Mavericks could try to target and come back. Uh, but when we come back from the break. We'll talk about some uh, some bigs that we're going to potentially target. All right, Isaac. The uh, first big we want to talk about is a guy that you're super into, Justin Jackson. I guess he's not really a big, but this is a late a late round kind of guy. Um, Justin Jackson, six six with a seven three wingspan. He's two hundred twenty nine pounds from Maryland. Uh, real interesting guy. Guy you really like. I do like him uh, just for where he's like going right now because. If we if you can capitalize on somebody's talent because they had a down year, um, I'm all about it. He was he's another one of those guys. Uh, he kind of fell into that um, category of Miles Bridges didn't really lose money and didn't lose like stock because he's gonna he's Miles Bridges literally was gonna get drafted around the same place he is now last year, maybe a little higher than what he was projected, which last is year. really weird. <laughs> because drafts yeah. are so different in you know the market and everything. Yeah, so Jackson decided to come back and it was a little different for him because his freshman year he had Melo Trimble at Maryland and Melo, you know, created the offense, ran the show up and everything and Jackson got to play that played to his strengths basically. Everything off the ball, the versatile defender, the everything with that. Well, he decides to come back, and then it was just like two rough blows that Melo Trimble's not there anymore, and then he tore his uh, labrum shortly into the season, so it cut his whole season short. So now it's just like, man, it's kind of like a similar situation to Bruce Brown in Miami, and that he would probably be a little bit higher if he stayed in the draft last year, got hurt and all that stuff. But, yeah, I mean, he's he's super versatile, the you know seven foot three wingspan, he is that. I would say he's like the uh, four three, you know, something like that. Uh, whatever. Um, I think he projects more at at the four than anything, and I like him a lot. I like him especially. Um, he's one of those guys too. Like if you get, I wouldn't want him if you got like Michael Porter Jr. But if you got Luca or like Bridges, I'd be down to get him. And if you got Bamba or Jackson or any of them, I'd be down to get him also. So yeah. I like he's, him he's not getting in the way of any of those guys, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like he wouldn't be. Uh, the Ringer compares him, or they say shades of Josh Howard, which I thought was very interesting. 
comparing him to the uh, to the Mavericks. The Mavericks great. I don't think he's as uh, offensive. Yeah, I mean, I love Josh Howard. Um, I have a game worn jersey of Josh Howard. I love Josh nice. Howard. He was a very good defense. I mean, very good offensive player in Josh Howard. I don't think Justin Jackson is that, but. Another big that, uh, or this is an actual big now. <laughs> we'll talk about talk about a real big. Is uh, is Gary Clark? He's not that big. He's six seven with a six ten wingspan. Uh, he's going to be twenty three and a half on draft day, and uh, so he's a he's a older. He's an older older prospect. But this is uh, a guy that our guy Max that tweets us a lot that he is super into, uh, and I kind of like this guy too. Obviously, he's from Cincinnati. He averaged thirteen points. Just about nine rebounds, two assists, uh, a steal and a half, and a block a game. So just really fills up the stat sheet. Really did a ton at Cincinnati. Had a really big role that he had to fill. And uh, to me, he kind of looks like Jameel Warney. But Jameel Warney was recently like trying to add the three-point shot to his game. But Gary Clark already has added that to his game. He's uh, he's 43% from the three-point line his senior year. And 53% from the three-point line in conference play. So he's, he's Did you say he's 44 years old? He's forty. He's twenty. Gonna be twenty four years old. So he's That's definitely wild. definitely older. But I mean, the Mavericks have brought in Maxi Kleba, who was twenty six in his you know in his rookie year. So it's not like they've never brought in an older rookie. Uh, but Gary Clark, all those stats said, he only had a twenty percent usage rate his senior year. So it's not like offensively they were super reliant on him. They had a bunch of other guys we've mentioned. Uh, but he's very mobile. He can dribble. He can take it coast to coast. He's he's an interesting prospect, but it's hard to kind of fit him in in the NBA somewhere. Uh, he just he would have to get he'd have to be so good at all those things that I mentioned. Like he'd have to be just so good at all around game that I don't know. He's like a Draymond, you know what I mean? Like that's just sort of his role. It'd just be a a worse version of Draymond. Yeah, I'm not like totally against him. I just like a lot of other dudes more than him. Yeah, he's definitely a non traditional player, though. You know that smaller. Uh, yeah, like I said, like Jamil Warney, kind of. Yeah, and in, I'm, I'm gonna get a tweet from a guy. Already, already gave him a shout out. Oh gosh, oh gosh. <laughs> I have two, three other bigs that I want to talk about. Also, well, let's do it. Let's do our our last guy that we had planned together, and then you can give me give me your names. Uh, so right. let's talk about this next guy. He's very interesting. We've already talked about one German prospect last week, and we'll uh, we'll talk about another one in just one second. All right, Isaac, the last big that we are we plan on talking about before you give me some more, Mo Wagner, the 6'11", big with a 7-foot wingspan. He's 241 pounds. He's going to be 21 years old, uh, the guy from Michigan. Obviously, we saw him in the NCAA tournament, just lighted up. He had like a Kelly uh, Olenek kind of run in the tournament. He's an interesting player. Defensively, though, just he's not giving you like anything. <laughs> <laughs> no. I do. I like the Kelly Olenek comp. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a fair comp. Uh, that's that's from the ringer. They say shades of Kelly Olynyk, Channing Fry, and Henry Ellenson. Which I don't know if you want to be compared to Henry Ellenson, who Henry can't Ellenson. can't play for the Pistons right now. <laughs> uh, Mo Wagner, though, the thing about it, he's seven foot, but he averaged half a block a game. You gotta you gotta give me something, Mo. Like you, you gotta yeah. you gotta give me something that. But the guy shoots the three. You know, seven rebounds per game, fourteen and a half points. Uh, so you have that. He can he can handle the ball, so he can he can drive a little bit. He's just I don't know. Just there's a lot of holes, and a lot of people want to make the connection. He's you know he's the German descent. He um, 
you know, him and Dirk met a few years ago. Dirk's a big fan of him. Dirk followed him this past year at Michigan, all that stuff. And um, he, I love his energy on the court. He's a really fun scorer, everything with that. But, yeah, there's just – it's kind of like um, – and it sucks because I like Mo Wagner a lot, but it's kind of like Gary Clark, and I like him, but I like a handful of other guys more. Yeah. Uh, Mo Wagner also came out recently and said about Dirk Nowitzki, that's my MJ. That's the reason I play basketball. All right, make him a Maverick now. <laughs> <laughs> Bring him in. That's it. We got him. <laughs> Bring him in. Uh, any any Dirk comparison, or what's the difference between him and Dirk coming out? Um, everything. No, <laughs> um, no, I think Dirk was a little bit more uh, athletic than him. Yeah, coming out. Wagner's a little bit bigger. Quicker, everything with that. Yeah. Oh, for oh, for sure. Definitely. Do not make that comparison at us. Do not tweet that comparison at us. I'll be I'll very. Blo- I'll block you. I'll be very upset if you do that. All right. Before we go, give me a couple other names you're looking at. Either late first round guys, some second round guys. You think that some guys that could drop to the second round, or some bigs, something like that. Uh, I'll give me some. I'll give me a couple bigs here. Um, I'll save my favorite for uh, for last. But we already did uh, Grayson Allen though. So. Yeah, that's true. And Wendell Carter. Those are but, your favorites. Um, the Chimezi Metu from uh, USC. I don't oh, have yeah. a ton to say about him, but if you are one of those people, he's kind of like the guy after Mitchell Robinson that is your like rim running center. So if like you're if you don't get any of those guys in the top of the draft, you don't get Mitchell Robinson in the late first, <clears throat> and you're a team that's like, man, I really want to take a shot at possibly trying to get a Capella type of guy. Then Metu is your like target. And he's like 6'10, super springy. I just sent Nick a video of like Mike Schmitz watching one of his workouts for ESPN, and he's like, This is what he's done. Like the whole workout, he catches lobs, throws them down. So, yeah, I like him a lot. Um, I'd be okay with taking a swing at him if we get Doncic or Bridges, something like that. I really like these two bigs that just decided pretty late to stay into the draft. One of them was right at the deadline. First one, I kind of talked about him, I think, on Monday or whatever it was. We have did so many pods, I don't know when they're coming out. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was our fifth pod that we've recorded today. I have no idea what any of these are going to post. I have a calendar. I have them all written down. I still can't remember. <laughs> but Omari Spellman uh, out of Villanova kind of shocked some people that he stayed out, kind of uh, surprised a lot of people. But he's 6'9 with a 7'2 wingspan. And he shot 43% from three at Villanova this past year. And as a big man, shooting 43% from three, it's really impressive. He had a really, really good uh, tournament run that helped him win the NCAA tournament. I like him a lot. He lost a ton of weight when he came into Villanova. He was uh, a little bit overweight, lost a ton of weight. That would be his downfall. He needs to make sure he um, keeps that in check. But he has – okay – I don't throw around Draymond stuff quite often, but he has that versatility that he he is an outstanding shot blocker. And dude threw down some massive dunks in the tournament. And he has the hops. He has you know where he's only six foot nine, but he has a seven two wingspan. I think in some of these small ball lineups, he can he can move to that five role. So I like him. He doesn't have the playmaking as Draymond. You're not going to give him the ball and say, hey, bring the ball up the court. But he has that versatility. He's a great shot blocker, and he can hit the three really well. He didn't stay in the draft. you know. He stayed in the draft for a reason. So 
I, I think he'll be a good pick. But my last guy, and this is my favorite <laughs> one, Jared Vanderbilt. Yeah, dude, from the he's you know Kentucky guy, everything with that. He um, he missed a ton of the season because of foot injury, and, and this is one of the things he has. This, he's had a couple foot injuries going back to high school, going into Kentucky. Darren Fox was on this interview. It might have been for the Ringer or Hoopsite or somebody not so long ago, and he says Jared Vanderbilt's the best rebounder I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> and so a couple a couple things. In his senior year of high school, so Jared Vanderbilt's six eight with a seven one wingspan. The ringer throws out there he could be like a Dennis Rodman type because he has this yeah. insane energy, but he is like the hands down the best rebounder in the whole class. Like hands down. <laughs> they said because and I listened, to, I think Vicini and Cole Zwicker talk about him a week or so ago, right when he kept his yeah. name in the draft. And they said, What is one player that if he had a shot? He would skyrocket up the boards, and they said Jared Vanderbilt was like was the first one because he can't shoot, but like an insane rebounder. So anyway, he averaged fifteen point five rebounds his senior year of high school. At the big man, uh, at the Bluegrass Showcase, he had thirty three points and twenty three rebounds, Jeez. which is like this huge like high school thing, whatever. Um, it's a couple different things. When he went against uh, Jonte Porter from Missouri, he had 15 boards against him, 10 against him. And wh- while he only averaged eight rebounds per game for Kentucky due to a small sample size, he averaged – here's your poor, per 40 people, okay? If you want to come throw at me per 40 numbers. <laughs> he averaged 18.5 rebounds per 40. So Gosh. It's insane, man. The dude can rebound like none other. I love him. Uh, he has it, and what's crazy about it too is like there's this uh, Seth Davis has this article to where he was talking about how he like he tried to compare him to Ben Simmons because when he did play at Kentucky before he got hurt, they were like running offense through him at times and like letting him be a playmaker role. He can't shoot, but he can handle the ball really well. So I really, really, really like him, and he's going to be an absolute steal for somebody in the second round. The Ringer also says that he is shades of Rondé Hollis Jefferson, which I find really interesting. Uh, I just did my my career player, and I made it to the All Star team in my rookie year. And you know who else made the All Star team? Who? Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Oh, he just like didn't even he didn't even have the stats. He was averaging like twelve points a game. It was the weirdest thing. I don't know wh- how he made it to the All Star team, but all of a sudden I was guarding Rondé Hollis Jefferson. I was like, what is going on right now? <laughs> anyway, that was super random, but. There you go. There's a bunch of second round names that Isaac just mentioned that we talked about. You got any more? I don't have any more. I mean, the <laughs> the Musa, the Musa Musa, whatever you want to say. I'll say Musa mm-hmm. guy um, was probably be the, the the second. I don't know. Elliot Kobo could pass him. But the second international guy. He's a wing that he could go anywhere from the late first. I could see him going in the early second. So. That's just somebody to keep an eye on. You know how the Mavericks love the international guys too. So Yep. Yep, for sure. There you go. That is a whole bunch of second round names. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. We will continue bringing you the best draft coverage ever. With plenty of exclusives. <laughs> Peace out. Boom. <laughs>